wherever you listen throughout the world. It's football time! Welcome back to the Gridiron, guys, your home of the NFL south of the equator. Back again for another week of some great NFL content. Joining me as always is my good friend Cam. How are we going? Very well, Zachary. I think we uh, not much has been happening in the offseason and then all of a sudden we've been hit smack with a lot of news this week. It's always the way, isn't it, really? It just rains. When it pours, it rains. Rains, it pours. Fuck. <laughs> 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 yeah, it does. You're right. Like it's just we've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and then the mini camps have started. People are turning up, and the action is actually happening. Jeez, yeah. Well, it's about time someone pulled up their finger and just had a dig. So uh, obviously, the biggest one that we sort of saw recently was finally, and one that we've been tracking for a while, the Aaron Rodgers saga. It finally, well, doesn't come to an end, but it sort of gets you know the path becomes a little bit more clearer. Yeah, I guess he finally got what he wanted out of Green Bay. They've kind of bowed down to his uh, his wants and needs and he'll get in there this year. So it could lead him to something this year. Because I know we saw what Devontae Adams and him put out that last dance post. I don't know if they're quite as good as Pippen and Jordan. No, it's definitely not the same sort of record. I think I saw someone saying that at least when they were having their last dance, they'd had, what, like six rings? These guys have got zero. Rogers has got one of his yeah. own, but that was, what, 10 years ago now? So <laughs> it's a little bit of... Um... Yeah, not quite really. <laughs> Not comparable, is it? No, not really. But it does sort of look like they're, they've sort of restructured the contract and basically this is locked in. But it does sort of look like this will be their chance to, you know, try and win one and ride off into the sunset, essentially. Yeah. And I saw he kind of, he asked them to make trades and they've gone for Randall Cobb, which is, is that one of his old teammates? Yeah, he used to be on the Packers before, so I suppose he's trying to bring back the band together. I do like Cobb. Yeah. He's obviously, he's aged a bit now and it's a... I don't think it's someone you would actively go out and get, but I suppose because he's had that history with Roger and our Rogers and he wants, you know, that I suppose just someone he can trust really. Yeah. It gives him a good second, third option outside of Devontae because yeah, it'll be solid for them if they pick him up. Correct. I suppose the thing looking out for it is there is a chance that he may come back in the year after, you know, they've put the contract in his favor now. So for the 2023 season, if things obviously, you know, maybe the relationship goes better, you know, as you do sometimes when you go back to your ex, you spend a bit more time and then you get back together. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, right. Otherwise, does could he lure, retire? Could lure him in there, couldn't they? Yeah, well, you're <laughs> right. It's 17 seasons in the NFL, but you're right. He could get lured in and stay for another year if they get a bit of success. But if they don't, I think you're right. He could move on or retire. He's got plenty of options though, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, he's easily, you can see he's got what another good three or four years at least. And then he can go bargain basement for maybe a couple more years if he wants to pad his retirement fund. Yeah, he just sort of does what he wants. I liked his uh, kit that he turned up in, the office kit with <laughs> sunglasses. It was pretty baller. I just think the whole new him. He's had a good season, uh, off-season, you know, new haircut, new look, bit of new yeah. swagger. Could be something to see in the future here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, another one that popped up today actually across our desk was the uh, Xavier Howard announcement. I think that was a bit of a – that came out of nowhere really. Yeah, I actually don't mind how he's gone about it. I think you were saying to me, he's pretty well how he's gone about it. He said what he wants. He said what he wants out of it. So he just wants to trade and to move on, which I think I don't have any qualms with that. No, not at all. And I mean, he makes a good point. You know, this is a business at the end of the day. I think we do get um, 
you know, caught up with the fact that, you know, oh, the Dolphins made you, so forth and that. But, you know, at the end of the day, if it didn't suit them, they would flick him straight away. So I think it's fair enough that he's tried to go out and do the right thing and, you know, try to make concessions, not put them over the cap. You know, he obviously wants a bit more money and to be paid for what he's doing, which is fair enough. But he hasn't gone out of his way to just try and ruin their cap and all sorts of things. So he wanted to make it work. Dolphins clearly didn't want to do that. So, you know, he's looking at his other options. Yeah. And I think if you look at the regular Joe, like you or I, if we were trying to improve our salary or we wanted to improve what we got because we thought we were worth more, no one's going to question that. So I don't see why it's any different. I think he's been upfront and honest. I think that leads us to, and this is how I kind of like it, this opens up the Dolphins to potentially trade for Deshaun Watson because we did see he turned up, but he also wants to explore the trade route and so do Houston. Yeah, well, you were doing the rounds on Instagram today asking a few people and ruffling some feathers, I saw. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, people weren't too happy with that. I don't know why. Like, I, I think it's actually not a bad win. I don't think if you compare to and Watson standalone, Watson's much better. Well, I think as you sort of said, you're, it opens it up because obviously Xavier wants to go. Okay, so there's someone mm-hmm. you've got to trade. And then yeah. if you just take that out of the equation, you're practically trading Deshaun for Tua and then a couple of picks, obviously, but it's essentially a tool for Deshaun swap. So Xavier's already going to go. You just move Tua out and the other picks, they don't exist yet. They're not players that you've picked up, so it doesn't really matter. And then you end up with Deshaun. I think it's a win-win, really. Oh, I don't hate it at all. I know it helps helps Houston to restart and try and rebuild around Tua. I don't know whether, we don't know whether that'll be successful or not. But Miami gets a genuine playmaker and a genuine chance to bulk up this roster that they've got stacked with wide receivers and a good defense like that other than losing howard they're a contender then yeah i don't i don't know like well they're built to win we've talked about their wide receivers already imagine adding to sean who with the garbage that he was running around last year was tossing up absolute dimes jesus absolutely yeah he's got more to work with there i know he's had good guys in the past in houston but he wants out both teams get something out of it so i don't have any issues with that he could go to other teams there's been a few other teams that have expressed interest, I saw. the cow- I don't know who Cowboys. There was a couple that were listed, and I'm not sure who, but it'd be interesting. Yeah, no, for sure. But as you said, it definitely opens the door for it, uh, and we're all here to keep an eye on it. Uh, and finally, the other big news, we don't sort of talk about college football much here. I know we touched on the NIL deal sort of a couple of weeks ago, but it is a big part of the game, and this could definitely change the whole scene of college football as we know it. Uh, both the Texas and Oklahoma universities have expressed an interest to leave the Big 12 or they have, you know, pushed that forward. And now I think it was from today they have been sort of accepted for the SEC. It is down for a vote, but I think it's pretty much signed and sealed. Yeah, I think that's going to be a big move in terms of the grand scheme of college football because that pretty much kills the Big 12, doesn't it? Like it just sort of makes them disband. And we saw... They uh, floated the idea of the super conferences, which, I mean, could be interesting in the end, but this is huge for the SEC. Like, these two teams already recruit really well, and if they're going to play in a better conference, they'll be able to recruit even better. So it's just going to make the whole landscape of college football super interesting. Yeah. It's always talked about that it's designed for the SEC as well. You know, you see majority of the SEC teams making the playoffs. They're the ones that are dominating each year. Uh, It's going to be outstanding. I think... It'll be interesting, though, because obviously for the schools that are going, Texas itself just always, no matter what sort of record they're having and, you know, how they're performing, they'll always have people coming and watching them. So I think no matter if they get trounced by, you know, Bama and Florida and Georgia and all that, it's not going to matter to them. People will still turn up and watch. 
I think the interesting thing will be Oklahoma because at the moment they genuinely dominate the Big 12. You know, they basically get a free run into their championship match and then because they're in the Big 12, you know, that power, part of that Power 5 conference, they get a free run into the playoffs, which is where the money's at. But if you see them going to the SEC, their run to the playoffs becomes a whole lot more harder. Yeah, I think that's the biggest question mark on this whole move is they might not go in and dominate early. Like they don't play these teams, as you said, until they get to those playoff sort of games. Like Oklahoma doesn't really match up against those big SEC teams until the end. So like someone posted something about their records against SEC teams. And then I saw someone sort of rebuttal on that saying, yeah, but that was against Texas A&M for Texas when they weren't part of the SEC. And those were shitloads of games. And for Oklahoma, it was against Missouri when Missouri weren't part of the SEC. So you're right. They could finish middle of the pack and that'll impact them differently. But I'm actually quite interested to see where this goes ahead. I know we saw lawsuits apparently have been put up to block the move. So it could be interesting. Because uh, it's only going to be the start of the dominoes, really. I mean, they're already sort of talking about the Big 12. Uh, more teams want to leave the Big 12 now. There's talk of Iowa and West Virginia looking to get out. Um, and then they're trying to replace them with teams potentially like Cincinnati and UCF. But there's also talk that the whole Big 12 may just be disbanded and they're sort of going to the, what you mentioned before, the Big Four conferences. Um, I think what we were talking about, SEC, uh, the restructured Big 10, the yeah. pac 12 becoming the Pac-16 and the ACC. Yeah, which I think is actually pretty good because then it puts Notre Dame into a conference and doesn't make them that anomaly that just sort of floats about in whatever they want to do. Um, I think, I mean, college landscape is going to change over the next few years. I know people already want a grander playoff system, system, sorry, which I like. I don't, I think four is not enough. I think there's teams outside the bubble that genuinely have a chance. And I think also restructuring these college conferences makes that also more clear that you're playing against these better teams. I think, oh, we're just going to have to keep an eye on it, aren't we, really? Because obviously, as you said, this will be a long-running sort of battle and with a lot of moving and with everything else that's going on, it'll be just very interesting to watch. I think, were they due to expand the playoffs this year or next year to eight? I think it's next year. I'm not 100% sure. I think we might actually talk about this in an episode. I think we should probably do with about a month to go until the college Mm. season and whether they can seal this deal before the season starts. We'll probably have to do an episode on college and just run through that for everyone that's listening. <laughs> yeah, so I know it's probably sounding like we're throwing out a lot of names if you're not sort of on top of the college system. But, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Let's run this one through because it can get quite complicated when you get into the nitty-gritty. Uh, but when you get into it, it's actually quite fun, isn't it? Yeah, college is great. I love to watch it. And I mean, that's where you see your new or talented guys that you get drafted. So it's a good way to sort of scout talent and see guys that you're interested in. You don't really have to follow a college or team. It's just pretty fun to watch throwing up big scores. Uh, gotta love it. It's just football at its purest. Absolutely. Orton in the gun. Buck Alter right next to him. Orton pumps again to the sideline. Batted up. Oh, God! Stokely down the sideline. Can they catch him? Stokely. Wow! Touchdown, Denver. Unbelievable. All right. 2020 for the AFC West. Uh, they were obviously led by the Chiefs. The rest pretty dour, but we'll get into them. Starting off was the Chiefs at 14-2 and in their regular season. Look, they were basically elite again last year. There's nothing much else you could say. They backed up after their Super Bowl. You know, normally when you win a uh, Super Bowl, obviously it puts the target on your back, but these guys just, it didn't even bother them one step. 
Yeah, look, Kansas City, they dominated the division and I think they'll dominate it again. Um, but we'll talk about that later. I think they slipped up in the Super Bowl and that sort of opened up a few issues with their team and a few needs that they needed to address. But other than that, like they're just way too dominant. They were, weren't they? I think it was a bit interesting though. They were very workmanlike last year, weren't they? You didn't see too many blowouts, which is interesting to see, but they were very consistent at winning and they won those games. As you sort of we sort of mentioned, there are only two losses. One was an interesting um, you know, loss to the Raiders, which was only due to a fourth quarter blitz, uh, which managed to rattle them. That was just good football. And sometimes that's gonna happen yeah. to you. And then the final week was the showing against the Chargers, where they basically had no starters anyway. And Chad Henney, you know, like you gotta be honest, he stepped up pretty well. Um, but he's still a backup. Yeah, he filled a need for them and it kind of shows that the rest of their role, it's not just I mean, yes, it is just Pat Mahomes sometimes. <laughs> But he, the rest of the roster is capable, I suppose, with the coaching of uh, Andy Reid to just get the job done, no matter who's under centre. Yeah. I think the interesting thing was that, though, that the Bucks did show the blueprint on how to beat the Chiefs, which was pressuring Mahomes. So I think going forward, if you want to beat the Chiefs, you've got to sort of live by the fact that you're going to have to rush Mahomes all the time. If he makes those throws over the top, I think you're going to have to live with that. But we sort of saw that with their offensive line last year, they were able to bring enough pressure to put him in a spin. Yeah, if you get in a shootout with them, it's going to be tough. But, yeah, as you said, if you can kind of limit Mahomes' actions and stop him, then it, that, that is the blueprint to beating them. Moving on next was the Raiders. Uh, they finished up with an 8-8 eight and eight score, uh, changing their from Oakland to Las Vegas. So they sort of started with a bit of wind in their sails, and they had some pretty good wins to start off the year, knocking off sort of the Saints, I think, was a big one at home. In front of no friends, unfortunately, but the new Las Vegas stadium looked nice. Yeah, the Death Star is sick. Oh, I absolutely love the new stadium. And Vegas is kind of just continually building. I know they've got a hockey team and they're expanding. They're trying to get into talking about a basketball team. So I kind of like that for Vegas. They're starting to build. Um, Vegas as a team, was it Gruden's first year or second? No, I think he's been there for two now, yeah. Yeah, so look, yeah, you're right. They had up and down games and they sort of won games you wouldn't have expected to and definitely lost games you would have expected them to win. Um, Derek Carr. I quite like him. I actually really like him. I think he could be really solid with a better support cast, but that's hard to say. It's interesting, though. Sometimes you look at Carr and you go, oh, do I really see him actually getting that much better? Like, he's quite a good QB and you watch him and he's really – and everyone knows that he's quite smart. Like, that's what you hear about all the time. Like, he's a quite a smart QB and he knows the right reads and things like that. But as you sort of yeah. said, whether it's sort of, you know, on the field and the pressure, you know, obviously games don't get played on paper – but also the supporting cast sometimes. Yeah, he just doesn't seem to be able to elevate the Raiders to that sort of next level. So it'll be interesting to sort of look what they go forward. Uh, it was nice to see some of their rookies well. Ruggs, he was quite handy in the open play. Did show some inconsistencies, but very nice to watch. Yeah, they kind of went left field with that as their first wide receiver off the board, wasn't he? Like they, they kind of went past Judy and Lamb, who we thought mm. was going to go first. And uh, look, it's a risk they're willing to take. And Gruden sort of, he goes a bit left field with picks sometimes. Offense was good, but their defense was the problem. They gave up an average of about 30 points a game, which was the third worst in the league. Yeah, you're not winning too many games giving up that, especially. I mean, yeah, they're, they're capable of scoring, but that's too big a score to keep up with. All right. Uh, moving on was the Chargers, who's you know, made a little bit of a surprise last year with seven and nine. They started off the year with Tyrod Taylor, although he went out injured in the second week. Uh, if my, it wasn't a pierced lung, but he was having an injection for something and then that went wrong and that's why he went down. So it was very odd circumstances. Anyways, um, then that brought on Herbert, 
who shined. Yeah, I'm kind of not that I wish anything upon anyone ever, but that brought Herbert in earlier than we probably expected, and boy, did we love it. And he was so good. I think, unfortunately, they weren't able to get the wins on the board. You sort of watched them, and they weren't actually able to string a win together, like back-to-back wins together until sort of the end of the season. So it was unfortunate for them. But he still managed to rack up the yards and multiple TD games all in a row and quite well too without too many interceptions. I think he ended up with about maybe 30 and 10 or 30 and 11 or something like that. But, you yeah. know, that's pretty good for your first year. Oh, you'd take that for a first-year quarterback. I'd absolutely take that and took out Rookie of the Year. Mm. So Chargers fans have got something really exciting to look forward to, build around him in the future. He's a big man and cancelling the ball. I love him. Yeah, what's not to love really? Uh, yeah. Again, their offense did struggle closing out games during the year. Um, majority of their or seven of their losing games, they lost by less than one score. So what's, they only lost nine. So two were blowouts essentially. Something yeah. to work on, but yeah, you'd take that in a losing season. Yeah, you're taking those close games. You just hopefully improve on those and sort of win those in the next season. Yeah, very much so. And finally, rounding out the picture was the Broncos uh, with a measly five and eleven. Look, they completed their fourth losing season in a row since taking out the Super Bowl in 2015. No, that math doesn't work right. Anyways, almost <laughs> there. Essentially, once since Peyton Manning's left, there hasn't been much success in the building at Mile High, let's be honest. And unfortunately, it was a you know another quarterback that had sort of been drafted by John Elway who wasn't able to stand up. Yeah, he hasn't had much success in that sort of realms. Like he's picked up guys that, I mean, even on paper, haven't looked amazing. He just sort of thought, oh, these guys might go all right. I mean, for you as a Broncos fan, were you expecting something better? Not particularly, especially when you sort of look at the injuries that we sort of picked up at the start of the year. You know, you had big names like Von Miller pretty much going out at the on the eve of the seasoning. Um, new signing Jarrell Casey as well. So we had massive holes yeah. in the defense. Uh, and also Courtland Sutton went out uh, in his sophomore year. He was a great pickup the year before who looked just elite. And then so pretty much, unfortunately, it left all the pressure to land on Jerry Judy and Drew Locke to sort of make the offense click. And unfortunately, they weren't able to do it. Yeah, I think offense is always a key issue for you guys. Like defense, I really rate your defense. Obviously, losing those key guys is kind of a catalyst for you guys just dropping lots of those games. You probably could win with a more mm. solid defense. Because was Chubb out as well during the year? I think he was in and out, yeah. So he wasn't. He wasn't playing the full season. So it was, yeah, yeah you sort of lose your two-star players. Yeah, it's, it's so hard to compete. If you took a superstar, two superstars out of any defense, they just, you yeah, you're not going to produce the same things you expect. So I think their record, it has a lot to be desired, but you can definitely sort of see that they're a lot closer to the top than it would actually suggest, you know, if you look on paper. Yeah, and I guess that this season we'll see whether anything happens with the quarterbacks, but we can talk about that later. Very excited for that. All right, now shall we move on to our 2021 previews? Let's go. All right, starting off this one, it'll be the Chiefs. Uh, I have them coming in with a record of 14-3. and three. Yourself, Cameron? Uh, yeah, I've got them falling short of a perfect season going 16-1. and one. Um, I think they do drop a game. Looking at it, I think maybe they could drop another game or so, but I'm, I'm going to stick with 16-1. and one. I think we've gone through most of the records. They're just too dominant. Um, they patched up all the holes that they... Like as we talked about just before, the blueprint was set by Buccaneers and they've gone out and fixed that. They've gone out and got some really good big boys 
to block up that uh, offensive line. What did they pick up? They picked up Orlando Brown to start at left tackle from the Ravens, which mm-hmm. is a good get for them. And they also picked up Joe Thune from the Patriots and then yep. drafted a couple of other guys. So they really that's what they went to do and fix. Yeah, massive. As well as Austin Blythe and Mike Reimers um, as replacements. So I think, yeah, it's, well, that's what we said. That was their problem last year. They weren't able to sort of give Pat the time that he needed to, you know, do his thing. And even when he had poor time, he was still amazing. Like, you look at this guy and he looks set to complete another MVP season. I thought last year was elite. This year is literally firming to be that much better, really, because essentially what he has, majority of the same weapons on offense. As you said, he's got a better offensive line, potentially one of the best offensive lines in the league right now. I mean, what more could you ask for? Oh, you're absolutely correct there. Like this offensive line is a brand new look for them. And once it starts to click and they start sort of working together, he's worth every dollar of that 500 million for me. Like it's, if they, sorry, if they do get to a Super Bowl and win a couple more, it's worth every cent. Like you can't put a price on Patrick Mahomes and his ability. And as you said, he's still got the same weapons. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire was really good as a rookie. I really rated that pickup. Um, They've still got Tyreek, Hardman, uh, they did lose Sammy Watkins to the Ravens. That's the mm. only sort of loss I can see there. And they've also got Travis Kelsey. Like, the man's elite. He's probably the best tight end alongside Kittle in the league. Yeah. I mean, it's not too bad because Demarcus Robinson steps up in Sammy Watkins' um, absence. So I think, you know, mm. like for like, you can't hate that. Uh, I think it'll be good to watch Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's second year. He was quite good coming out last year in his rookie year. Not... Not so renowned and no one was really looking into him, but he really came out and stamped his authority on the league. Oh, absolutely he did. Like, I'm super keen to see him with that offensive line going into the next season. They're just going to be so dangerous again. This is a team that you need to turn up for and prepare for. And as you said, like, work on the defense because if you let them score points, there's no way you're going to compete with them. Yeah, it's crazy. I think it'll be interesting to sort of see... I. Obviously, they're going to be the the competition standard in the AFC. It's going to be – I think it's going to be a tough road through the AFC, whoever you go. Like, obviously, we've talked about it at length, Ravens, Bills, Titans. Like, it's going to be hard. And then you've got to potentially – now, as we said, you've got Aaron Rodgers-led Green Bay and the Buccaneers both coming back to the NFC. Like, it's not going to be an easy year to win it. So – I suppose that's why it's good that they've gone out and they've basically just spent all the money that they've needed to get the pieces. And it's sort of, it's a win now team, but it also is not sort of like a win now and then fall over to, you know, next year. Next year, they're still going to be the same team and they're still going to be dominant for the year after as well. Yeah, it's going to be interesting as we get down the line when these guys are starting to warrant some more money. These guys, they don't have to pay as much to because the contract from Mahomes is large and Kelsey's going to have a big contract. Tyreek Hill's going to have a big contract. And some of these guards are going to want more money. So, I mean, we've talked about this before at length, that getting to winning back-to-back Super Bowls, obviously very difficult to do because they couldn't do it. And getting Mm. back to the Super Bowl multiple times in a short period is such a hard thing to do, but you can't see anything else for this team. No, it's massive. So I think, but that's the main thing. We're excited to see it. And I don't know. I want them to make it because I think, you know, clearly they're the best team and that's the biggest thing. I always sit there and I go, this is the best team in the AFC. They should make it easy. But one half of me is like, okay, they've won, you know, let someone else win. You know, I'd like to see Julio win and things like that at the Titans. Funny to see Tannehill win a Super Bowl too. Could you imagine telling your kids about that? (laughs) 
Yeah, but, absolutely. Never would have said that. <laughs> but, you know, it's more the brain. You know, the brain says Mahomes, Chiefs, they win it this year. Oh, they're top dog every year for the next few years until another ASC powerhouse comes through, like the Bills improve. Um, their defense is also really good, other than what we saw with Frank Clark potentially going to jail, which we talked about last week. Mm. They haven't got too many holes on the defense. I quite like their defense. Lajarius Sneed is the one they picked up at corner, which was an issue for them previously, and he was a really good get for them. Um, and, I mean, you've always got the stalwart, Tyrion Matthew, always at the back yeah, there. He's yeah. like, how do you just get past him at the safety position? Like, he's just running around that backfield. Uh, blokes like Alex Okafor and Chris Jones, um, you know, it's pretty well built, to be honest. Yeah, I quite like them. And I think they picked up Mike Hughes as well from Vikings. So, mm-hmm. look, their team, they have improved on the defense, I think. I don't think they've lost too much from memory. But, yeah, I think the biggest question mark in the story for them this year will be the offensive line and whether it clicks. And some of those guys they picked up in the draft, like Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma in the second round. Then they picked up Trey Smith from Tennessee. He was the number one player going into college in the nation before he went there. So a bit of a slip for him with some injuries. No, but it'll be interesting to see him, you know, once he gets into that system. I think if you've got that raw talent like he obviously had once ago, you know, you don't become number one player, as you said, for no reason. So there's got to be a spark there. And if they light it, he could be an absolute world beater. Yep. So is this Super Bowl or bust for you? Well, not bust. Is this Super Bowl for you for them this year? I think this is Super Bowl, yeah. As much as I'd love to see, well, it's going to be interesting, as we said, to see the AFC. As much as I'd like to see a new contender out, it's just how do you beat these guys? You rush Mahomes. Oh, no way. Now we've got an even better offensive line. Well, game over. Yeah, it's way too hard. And I guess being a Broncos fan, this is just <laughs> frustrating to, over the next little while until you guys sort of beat that team to beat them. Don't know when that'll be, but yeah, I can imagine it'll be frustrating. Massively. Uh, well, we better get on to the next one before I just keep talking about these idiots too much. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go. Four seconds left in the third. Stack the receivers. Herbert a deep drop off his back foot. Puts it out there. It's caught. And he's gone. Jalen Guyton to the house. Touchdown. Chargers. 72 yards. All right. Coming in second will be sort of no surprises again. Uh, we've got I've got the Chargers coming in with a record of 12 and 5. Yourself, Cam. Yeah, I've got the Chargers well with our man Justin Herbert at a 10 and 7, which looking at that. I reckon they could go more towards your record. I actually quite like that suggestion from you. Um, this is an inter- this is a team on the improve. Like this is one of the best young rosters I think going forward in the next few years. Yeah, like I think this team definitely grows from last year, as we sort of mentioned. They're getting bigger and better. I don't see them as being able to knock off the top dogs just yet. You know, as we sort of mentioned, those sort of Bills, Chiefs, um, Titans type thing. But as they haven't really lost too many, and they've added a couple more. And I think with Herbert going back, they've got a new coach as well, Brandon Staley. Um, so I think yeah. that'll definitely fix up the defense because he's fairly defensively minded as well. So I know a few people were worried if he was going to go in and potentially um, sort of change up what Herbert was doing, but he's more focused on the defense. He's that defensively minded guy. So hopefully he sticks the scheme that they've got offensively and then he just fixed that other side. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that take. I think you're right. Like your defense is something they need to improve on because Looking across their offense, like Justin Herbert, we know, rookie of the year. We're looking for a big sophomore year from him. Uh, Running back Austin Eckler, hugely underrated guy for me. Like, I know we put out our top 10 the other day. He didn't make it. I would say he's probably an honorable mention coming in just outside that top 10. Yeah, for sure. And he's also got other weapons like Keenan Allen and Jared Cook on there. Um, 
But the other big thing that they went out and they drafted was, I love this, they went out and picked up Northwestern tackle Rashawn Slater. He is a monster and he's going to fit into a hole that they had there on that line and help Herbert get a bit more time. Yeah, bang on. Uh, They had the same issue as the Chiefs on offense. Their offensive line stunk and they picked up Rashawn Slater and Corey Lindsley out of Green Bay. And I think it was that prop that's probably it on the offensive line that they picked up, but that just strengthens mm. at no end. Like those those bookends on the tackles and the corner at the center, so good. That's all you want too. You just want some of those big guys that are just gonna eat up people and just absolutely throw out pancakes all day. Again, another one with my favorite stat, but he's a man. And have you ever watched you watch Slater's Instagram with some of those like um draft vids or whatever and him just lifting oh my god he's a machine but he looks like such a cuddly yeah. kid on the inside because he goes out um <laughs> you know he's just like a cuddly bear in normal life and then he puts on the pads and he's an absolute monster yeah he's a weapon i'm pretty keen to see him and as you said like the weapons that they've got like aerial like i think keenan allen's in for another huge year he's another heavily underrated guy for me mike williams elite and then I think I think we could probably say this for most quarterbacks. It doesn't really matter a huge amount on most, some of your wide receivers. As long as you've got that number one, the other guys you can just toss it up to and they'll, go, they'll do a job for you. And you said Jared Cook, another handy pickup for them. Yeah, massively. So offense, plenty of moves. Um, as we sort of said, their issue was defense last year. They did go to the draft to sort of help with that a bit. Um, that was their – so their draft was actually quite good, as we sort of mentioned, their first pick Slater. And then their second pick was the Florida State cornerback, Asante Samuel, who adds as one of one of the better cornerbacks in the draft. I feel like I've actually said that a couple of times, but he is quite handy. Yeah, I think actually think we both really liked him because was it his old man that was sort of a bit of a legend in the NFL? Yeah, Correct. Yeah, so he's that smaller guy that's really explosive. I think we had him going towards the end of the first round in our mock draft, but he fell to them, and I really like it. And as you said, they've got Joey Bosa, and they've just and Derwin James is one that comes back this year. That was a big hole for them that was left at safety, so I'm pretty keen for him to come back as well. Yeah, what did you say? Sort of Bosa, um, Chris Harris Jr., Derwin James, uh, Adderley, and as I think you mentioned Mike Davis. Uh, so that's sort of at the secondary as well, which is going to be elite. Uh, the other one is Kenneth Murray. He was taken in the first round in 2020, and he's a linebacker for the future for them. He's, he's bloody good. He was massive. He finished with about 100, over 100 tackles, I think, uh, maybe a couple sacks and a few deflections. So he was just uh, he just went to work. Yeah, so they've got a couple of good leaders on that front seven. So I think expect them, as you said, with this new coach to get through a lot of work on defense. Yeah, uh, for sure. I think it's only the only way is up really for the Chargers, and I think – it's going to be on the back of Herbert, isn't it? He's going to be the one to shoulder the load. And as you sort of said, sophomore year, he was elite last year. And now all he's going to do, he's going to learn how to control the game a lot more, close out those games like we mentioned at the start. Um, and he's just going to put them in a better position to win. You know, it all starts from that. If you're putting yourself in a better position, you keep the scoreboard ticking over, it makes it easier for the defense to make plays. And then it just all comes rolling into that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'm pretty keen to see them, and especially over the next four to five years, if they can continue to improve. The new stadium as well is going to be absolutely sick, so we're keen to see that too. Oh, yeah, that's the SoFi one, isn't it? Yeah, super nice. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, very good. I think uh, let's roll on into the bottom dwellers of the division. (laughs) Yep. Jets coming. Carr put some air under it. Wide open is Rex for the touchdown. 
All right, I've got in third position, we're going with the Raiders with a score of 7 and 10 yourself. Yeah, I'm going to join you there and knock them out at 7 and 10. I don't see them as major improvers on last year. I know they were 8 and 8, but I don't think they did enough in this offseason to improve over the other teams in this division. Yeah, you were talking about before John Gruden being a bit left field and... That came again with the draft and their off-season. I think it's interesting to see with Gruden, sometimes you think he might be two steps ahead of everyone and he's obviously got a plan, but sometimes it feels like he might be too smart for his own good and he's just, I don't know, when's the genius going to come out and change this whole franchise? I've still been waiting. I mentioned before, you know, I don't see Carr in their future. It feels like he's sort of hit the ceiling with them, so... It'll be interesting to see where they go with that. But as I sort of mentioned, the off-season additions, they went out and drafted people in their offensive line, for the offensive line, when that was probably one of their better positions. So I'm not quite sure why they wasted picks there. But I don't know. Maybe, as I sort of said, has he got a master plan that we just all can't see? Yeah, I think you could be right there. There could be something sneaky happening in the background because, yeah, car isn't one you would think for the future. But, yeah, on the offensive line, they've got, like, Alex Leatherwood they picked up. Colton Miller in the first round a couple of years ago is very good. Mm. Um, I mean, the running backs, they're fine. Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake from Arizona uh, that they picked up. So, I don't think they've got any issues there. Wide receivers, I know they picked up Willie Sneed from the Ravens, which I didn't really rate. Henry Ruggs and Hunter Renfro. So, that's not really setting the world on fire. But the biggest thing I've seen is maybe with the master plan is getting Devontae Adams next year to repair them up. So I know Carr and Adams played together at Fresno State. So whether they can get back together, that would be huge. Jeez, I don't know. That looks like a bit of a pipe dream, doesn't it? But it'll be Oh, it is massively. <laughs> I think there was just a bit of talk. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that comes up. I think this year it'll be interesting to see, obviously, second year in Las Vegas, they'll get fans back. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. You know, for the town of Las Vegas, as we sort of mentioned, they're becoming building that sporting culture. It was sort of viewed it as a place where no one lives, so why bother putting a sporting team there? But I think the Golden Knights have sort of showed that there is a love for footy uh, or sports. Sorry, uh, that was hockey. But, you know, and so hopefully Las Vegas <laughs> Raiders can sort of make a bit of a splash. But I don't know. It feels like their sort of morale is at a low. And, yeah, I see them regressing a bit. They obviously don't get worse, too worse than last year, but I don't see them getting any better at all. No, you're right. I don't see I don't see a huge change. I think they sort of stay on the same trajectory. The defense, I actually don't mind having a look across the board here. They picked up Yannick Ngokwe from the Raiders, who's only spent one year there after being at the Vikings and then Jags before that. Corey Littleton from the Rams. And then they've got a couple of other good names across the board and they picked up Trayvon Morrig. So it could be a defense on the improve. I don't know where they finished the end of the season. I don't know where they were last year in terms of defense, but... It's a team on the improve on the defense. And the, I suppose the only way is up, isn't it, really? But uh, those guys definitely add a few pieces as well. And if you've just got those guys that can be solid, that can really help you keep the ball from getting too far down. Because I think that was probably their biggest problem. They let in a lot of points. And when you're letting in a lot of points and you've got someone like Carr running your offense, he's not really there to build up. He, you know, he can score points and that's fine. But if you need him to chase down 30 points, that's, you know, it's a tough ask. Yeah, it's a big ask. And I think there's one guy we failed to mention was Darren Waller. 
probably one of the better tight ends in the league. I know we're talking about Kelsey being a top two. I think mm. Waller's probably on that next tier just below them. He is unbelievable. No, it will definitely give some options, I think. Uh, so be interesting to see how he plays. Very excited. Well, not too excited for them because I don't want them to go too well. But, <laughs> you know, yeah, it it's always, always hard for you. Yeah, look, but it is always interesting going out there, watching the Gruden show, as I said, and just seeing the master at work. Yeah. All right. So for them, no playoffs for me this year. And then I don't see where the future is for them. Quarterback's the biggest question mark going ahead. I think so. And, you know, going through Gruden's obviously 10-year plan, I think they go down further before they go up. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, shall we finish off with your boys? Yeah, let's go, Denver. Here we go. First snap of the overtime. The Broncos have been in three overtime games this year. They won them all. Got him. Got him at the 40. It's Thomas at the 50. Stiffer got him three to the 30. To the 20. Thomas to the 10. Denver's going on the New England. They win it on the first play of overtime. All right, uh, finishing off Denver. Um, I kind of have them in fourth place in a tie with the Raiders anyway at 7 and 10 as well, yourself? Yeah, I've only got them winning one less than you. I've got them at 6 and 11. I kind of tossed and turned on this based on projections of who they might pick up instead of who they've got at quarterback. Obviously, with Deshaun and Rogers still floating about, we kind of thought Denver's a popular destination and somewhere that they might land. But, yeah, on the back of that, I've still got them at 6 and 11 rounding out the division. Yeah, it always seems like a big division for people to come. I suppose, you know, you've got sort of quite big areas. Denver, Kansas City is a large city too. Uh, Now that you've got Las Vegas thrown in there and, you know, San Diego previously, but Los Angeles now with the Chargers. So you've got some quite destination clubs in this division. Uh, Denver's quite large, but you sort of, we look at their team as a whole. It's quite a solid team. So I can see ourselves improving quite well actually we could be a quite good team but it comes down to one position and that position is quarterback and we did add teddy bridgewater in the off season but teddy bridgewater and drew lock don't you know it doesn't scream out wins and i think almost having both of them makes it worse than having you know one or the other yeah that's the biggest gaping hole for this team if i look across the board there's some really good players and a really good sort of roster being built here But, yeah, the key position is the one that's just the biggest hole for them. And, I mean, for you as a fan, who would you rather see start the season, Bridgewater or Locke? I know that's the hardest thing I've been trying to figure out. Like, Bridgewater feels like the more accomplished QB. But as we sort of said before, he's just sort of like that safe option. And I know we can't win games with him. You know, sure, we can complete our, you know, a couple drives and we can get our downs and get the ball moving and those sorts of things. But I don't see him pushing us over the line. Whereas Drew Locke, I see him, you know, going out and throwing three interceptions, but also three touchdowns and, you know, almost winning us a game. So it's kind of like, I don't know, it's sort of like, you know, who do you take? Both are bad, neither are good. Yeah, that's such a hard position to be in. And I know like, yeah, as we talked before, like they really fixed up the line. They picked up Graham Glasgow. You've got some solid running backs. Melvin Gordon, I really like. Freeman has been so-and-so. What are your thoughts on Javante Williams in the second round? I really like that pick, to be honest. I think he he could really blow out here. I think he really compliments Melvin Gordon. I, Gordon's not that sort of like elite runner that he used to be back in the day, you know, that we sort of saw. I think he's more of that sort of power runner now. But the way that hopefully they work in the committee with Williams, I think we'll be able to give him a nice one-two punch. Um, Freeman could be interesting, but I suppose he'll only be sort of used on short downs and things like that. 
Yeah, look, I think the, that's the hardest thing because, I mean, this offense, you put him in anywhere else. Like if Corton Sutton's back this year, Jerry Judy, I think, is in for quite a decent year because I quite mm. liked him towards the tail end of the year. KJ Hamler's one they picked up um, and then no offense, solid tight end. Yeah, it's great. It actually is going to look good. So if you've got everyone well, you know, Cortland Sutton and Jaron Judy, I think Jerry Judy did well last year considering he did make a fair few drops. So, but, you know, that was his rookie year. He was really rocks or diamonds, but he was wide receiver number one. Now that Sutton comes back and we'll be able to take a bit of the heat from him, he'll be able to just go out there and be good. KJ Hamler's another guy as well. He's always handy to have around. But Noah Fan, oh, man, I love that guy. Like he... We managed to have some good tight ends every now and again, and I hope we hold on to Fan because he is electric. Yeah, I think that's like your, de- your offense across the board I really like. Defense is sick. Like there's some names on this page that are so good. Shelby Harris, Bradley Chubb, Alexander Johnson's one that sort of has popped up almost out of nowhere for some people. And I know we're talking about college before, and if you're a college football fan, this man at Tennessee was so elite and probably projected to be a first-round pick and then came up with a few uh, off-field issues that caused him to step away from the game for quite some time until that was resolved. But for you, he's been an absolute shining light on your defense, hasn't he? Yeah, it's been huge. I think this, as we sort of mentioned, anyone who comes into this defense just seems to grow an extra leg or an extra arm. Like, it's ridiculous what some of these guys can do. Um, Another one that came through as a rookie last year was Michael Ojemudia as well. He was elite. Um, as we sort of mentioned, you get the comeback of Von Miller. Uh, we added Ronald Darby and Kyle Fuller. So our secondary looks elite now as well. I think this is why it's going to make it interesting as well, the pick of Pat Sertain too with our first pick. Obviously another corner as well. I mean, you basically make that secondary, you know, unbeatable now with those guys. But it'll definitely be one where we look back and go, we had pick nine. There was still some good QBs available in like the names of Fields and, I mean, even Mac Jones if you want to go there. But those guys were there. So, and now it's going to be tested on, you know, Pat Sertain rather than working on his what he's going to be able to do. It's going to be judged on what those QBs do. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely right. I think Sertain's a good pick for a long term. Um, I don't know if they're willing to take the risk on that quarterback. I feel like you guys mm. are a team that want to pick up sort of a veteran quarterback that you can plug and play and he's going to put you guys over the top because the, the list across the board I really like. And I think the record I've put down and you've put down might be a little harsh because we could see them do some decent things with some good quarterback play if they can get it. But this defense, like Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, Sertain, Kyle Fuller and Darby in your secondary, like that's good. Yeah, it's elite, isn't it? Like, I don't know what you do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, it's a tough one. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it, for you as a fan, I guess this is going to be hard to watch because you can see the quality you have, but it's just going to be frustrating, I feel. I suppose it's been the way, though, for the past four or five years, ever since Peyton Manning left. I mean, as you sort of said, that's what we were looking for. And there was definitely a few QBs right. Obviously, there was Rogers running around and Deshaun. And I think that's why we were linked with everyone because we looked like we were sort of waiting for one of those guys to sort of fall in our lap, just like Peyton Manning did because, pretty, you know, what's the last few QBs we've had, like Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch was supposed to be good. Um, before yeah. that, we had Tebow. Tebow. <laughs> yeah. You know, like these are guys that we've all drafted in the first and second round and no one's been able to sort of step up. And, you know, same with Drew Locke and now we've got Bridgewater. I don't know. It's interesting, but we'll see how we go. It's definitely different now because obviously John Elway stepped away from the GM position as well. So I think going forward, there'll be that different person making those decisions in the QB room and who we're getting. So 
I don't know, maybe some fresh air will be nice. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think I think they're probably worried to take that risk on the quarterback position because they've taken the risk a few times and mm. it just hasn't panned out. So I think they're quite hesitant to pull the pin there, pull the trigger there. But yeah, you're right. I think a bit of fresh blood in terms of the GM position and making those picks could be a breath of fresh air for them. And Roger still could be a possibility after this year. Yeah, look, you never know. Well, that's it. It's just a wild world, isn't it, out there at the moment? And <laughs> anyone could be available at any time. Oh, 100%. So, I mean, yeah, Deshaun could still land there. We don't know what's going to happen over the next few weeks. Um, so I guess that rounds out the AFC West for this year. Going to be an interesting division, I think. Mm, very much so. I think it's always been a very strong division. You quite see the divisional games as well. They're, they're fairly quite even. Even when Kansas City was dominating, you know, as we sort of mentioned, Raiders got a win over them last year. Chargers did against their backups, but it was still a win. And, you know, a few of the other guys are always trading wins. And then previous sort of years going back again, there was always, you know, some some decent games being played. So I think interdivisional matchups will be quite good. Um, I can't remember off the top of the head what our cross-conference games are, but, you know, they'll be the ones that sort of decide the division. Yeah, 100%. So I guess that brings us to the end of the AFC West. Uh, is there anything else for this week? No, I think that's about it. We might wrap it up and uh, we'll look forward to next week. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah, so I think we'll finish up with our last division wrap-up next week and that'll bring us closer to the season then. Mm, we're very excited. We must be getting close to preseason games as well. Yeah, that can't be too far away either. So we'll have some good content coming your way. Very good. All right. Uh, family, friends, and everyone else listening, we bid you good night. Thanks for letting us in your crib. It's been real.